Luke chapter 17, verse 11, uh, passage translation, Jesus traveled on toward Jerusalem and passed through the border region between Samaria and Galilee. As he entered one village, ten men approached him, but they kept their distance, for they were lepers. They shouted to him, Mighty Lord, our wonderful master, won't you have mercy on us and heal us? When Jesus stopped to look at them, he spoke these words. Go, be examined by the Jewish priests. They set off. Isn't that amazing? Doesn't say that the leprosy left them. Doesn't say that anything changed except that they weren't ignored by the master. He looked at them and he said, go show yourself to the priests. You know, uh, so in that day, if you were cleansed from leprosy, you had to be, uh, the, the cleansing had to be certified by the CDC, I mean by the priests. <laughs> and you had to show the bill uh, from the CDC that you could enter any country. No, it's from the priests, okay? So in that day, they went to the priests to show uh, that they were truly free from leprosy. And so it says that when Jesus said that, they turned and went, right? So they acted in faith. In other words, they trust, trusted what he said, even though their bodies showed no change. So they set off, and they were healed while walking along the way. They were healed while walking along the way. So what? They heard from the master. They heard the word of the Lord, and they acted on what they heard. And when they acted based on what they had heard, they walked. They said, well, he said to do this, so I'm doing what he said, so I'm going. And as they're doing what he said, not before they did it, but as they're doing what he said... What does it say? They were healed while walking along the way. They were healed while walking along the way. One of them, a foreigner from Samaria, when he discovered he was completely healed, turned back to find Jesus shouting out joyous praises and glorifying God. When he found Jesus, he fell down at his feet and thanked him over and over, saying to him, you are Messiah. This man who came back was a Samaritan, the foreigner. So not even the, the Jewish people, but the foreigner came back and thanked him over and over again. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you that you did this. Thank you for healing me. Thank you for setting me free. Right? Over and over again. So I have a question for you this morning. Would you have been one of the nine? Or would you have been one of the one? Or I guess you could say, would you have been the one? 
but the one represents, you know, more than one. Which would have you been? Uh, Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. Very uh, familiar passage of Scripture. Um, Be careful for nothing. Uh, Amplified says, do not fret or have any anxiety about anything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with what? Thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. In everything, by prayer and supplication. That means, supplication means you're praying from your heart. And you are, it's, uh, I think, earnest entreaty, one translation calls it. In other words, you're serious and you mean this from your heart. You're speaking to the Lord from your heart uh, in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. Now, uh, Mark eleven twenty two. Mark eleven twenty two. Remember Jesus the day, uh, earlier in the day cursed the fig tree and they're walking back and they see the fig tree withered from the roots and so uh, it says, um, verse 21, Peter calling to remembrance said to him, Master, behold, the fig tree that you cursed is withered away. And Jesus answering said to them, have faith in God. So they're asking a question, uh, really uh, Peter is asking Jesus a question even though he's making a statement that he saw. He's saying, Jesus, I see this change in things that I've never seen before, natural things. And he said, you did it. So so there's a natural change before my eyes that's not really possible that just happened and you said something, so it must be your fault. Or... You must have done it, right? So, so he's really, when he says, Jesus, the tree, or master, the tree that you cursed is withered away. You know, we do that in English too. He's really asking a question. How? Explain. Tell me more. I want to know. And he called him Master. Teacher, you know, like, uh, you know, I, I want to imitate you. I want to follow you. I want to I know exactly what happened, right? And so I saw this miracle that there was a miracle in your mouth. And it caused this change before my eyes. How did this happen, right? Okay, so this is where we pick up. Jesus answering said to them, so Peter was like speaking for the group. We're all like, well, Peter's going to, I know Peter will say something. I don't have to ask Peter to say something. Peter's going to say something. And he's Peter. And so Peter said it. And so Jesus answering them said what? Have faith in God. And then he continues. For verily I say to you, Whosoever will say to this mountain, be 
thou removed and be cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe those things that he says will come to pass, he'll have whatsoever he says. Therefore I say to you, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you could just preach, we're going to preach a whole series on that. When you pray, believe. We try to make it so complicated. How come my prayers aren't answered? When you pray, believe. Oh, okay. It's real, actually simple. Okay. Uh, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Well, what's it going to look like um, if you believe that you receive? All right, last scripture. Whoa, don't jump around. Okay. Matthew 15, verse 35. Uh, uh, actually, verse 36. Matthew 15, 36 through 38. Jesus, this is talking about Jesus, and he took seven loaves and the fishes and gave thanks. And he took seven loaves and, two, and the fishes, excuse me, and gave thanks and break them and gave to his disciples and the disciples to the multitude. And they did all eat and were filled, and they took up the broken meat that was left, seven baskets full. And they did eat more than 4,000 men besides women and children. Now, I don't know about in your house, but in my house, the women and the children outnumber the man <laughs> in a ratio of five to one. But you see what Jesus did. Jesus did Mark eleven twenty two over here in Matthew. What? They gave him the loaves and the fishes, and the first thing he did is he gave thanks. He said, now pass it out to everybody. Doesn't that kind of remind you of the lepers? Go show yourselves to the priests. So what do the lepers do? Okay, he spoke, so I'm going. And what? As they went. As they went, but only one came back to give thanks. Only one came back to the give thanks. Well, Jesus, he gave thanks before he saw the answer to his prayer. In fact, his prayer was a prayer of thanksgiving. Casting all your cares upon him because he cares for you. You know, Jesus had cares coming on him. You know what the cares were right there? He's like, these people have been sitting out all day and they were getting hungry. Well, really, the disciples had the cares and they came to Jesus. Remember? Lord, they're getting hungry. What are we going to do? He said, feed them. Thank you very much. be cool if there's like a little Bible version of things that the disciples wanted to ask but were afraid to. <laughs> we could just write our own. <laughs> so what was Jesus? Uh, what was the anxiety that was trying to come on Jesus? The care that was trying to come on Jesus? How are we going to feed all these people? What did he do? He just looked to the Lord and thanked the Lord. Jesus had no anxiety ever. But he was tempted in all points just like we are, yet without sin. 
That means if you've ever been tempted to be worried, Jesus was tempted to be worried. Do you remember what Jesus did at uh, Lazarus' tomb? How he started his prayer to God for Lazarus to be raised up? He already knew he would be raised, right? But he said, Lord, I thank you. That was the beginning of his prayer. Lord, I thank you that you hear me. And I know that you've already heard me. Sometimes I think if we just gave the Lord thanks, no matter the situation, if we just from our hearts, Lord, I just want to thank you. I want to thank you that you provide for me. I want to thank you. You know, you may be facing a, a major challenge or a major, you know, sometimes the greatest challenge you face is disappointment and not coming under the power of the disappointment. Well, you, you ought to get your mouth moving. Whoever shall say to this mountain, right? So, Lord, I thank you that this will not define my life. Lord, I thank you that this is not the end. I thank you that even though right now it looks like it is the end, because I am yours and you are mine, that this can't be the end. I thank you, right? I thank you that you hear me when I pray. I thank you that you've already heard me. Lazarus, come forth. Right? Thank you, Lord. Remember Hannah? She became thankful for a child before she had a child. Thank Thanksgiving. Remember Mary? Mary's song, they say, you know, the song of Mary. She thanked the Lord for Jesus. You know, before any of us thought to thank for Jesus. Right? Thanksgiving. So, uh, Thanksgiving changes the atmosphere. Thanksgiving changes our perspective. And thanksgiving gives the Lord access to pour out his blessings upon us that he already has paid the price for, made available, and accomplished. But thanksgiving makes them real in our life when we give thanks. Listen, he said here, be careful for nothing or do not fret or have any anxiety back in Philippians 4 about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication. In other words, I'm asking the Lord and I'm serious about it. With thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God and the peace of God, which passes all understanding. In other words, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you'll have them, what would you do if you actually believed that you had received them? Thank you. Oh, thank you. If you ever see little children act in faith, pray in faith, right? What do they do? They just give us a great example. Lord, I'm asking you for this. I thank you for it in Jesus' name, amen. And they go out and play. You know, 
And if you have any religion sticking to you at all or any flesh sticking to you at all, you're, you're kind of like, uh, well, maybe you should pray a little longer. <laughs> no, it actually doesn't take that long most of the time. What takes longer is the prayer that Jesus prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane. It's called the prayer of consecration and dedication. Not my will, but your will be done. <laughs> that takes a little longer sometimes. And that is not a prayer that you pray just once. They found Livingston's journal after he passed away in his room. And the last entry in his journal was, My Jesus, my King, my Lord, my all, once more I dedicate my whole self to thee. Right? So that's not something that you just do one time. And uh, uh, the prayer of worship, praise, and thanksgiving is a prayer that we should continually be praying about every situation. You don't want to consecrate and dedicate? Lord, I thank you that even though I don't want to do this, this is good for me. <laughs> thank you that even though my flesh is screaming right now, <laughs> just give me a minute, give me a minute. <laughs> okay. The Lord, the Lord uh, knows more about you than you know about yourself. And so there's really no point in uh, trying to like look prim and proper in front of him. It's much better just to get down to business and say, Lord, you know, have mercy on me. Right? I'm looking to you. So, and the peace of God which passes all understanding. Peace of God which passes all understanding. What is that? Passes all of your understanding. Well, your understanding, uh, uh, many times here, this understanding he's talking about here, really trips you up with anxieties and worries. Well, I know how this works. I need $500 for the down payment on that house, Wigglesworth said, and I know how this works. That is the poorest man. The Lord is messed up because he's sending me to the poorest man. And I know he's the poorest man. Right? That thought or that anxiety or that worry, he just cast it off. So I know I'm going to act on what you said. Right? So he acted on what the Lord had said. And he, when he asked the Lord, seriously asked the Lord, when he should have asked him three weeks earlier, he asked him. Remember? Talking about the offering message. And then, through the most unlikely channel, the Lord provided. The peace of God which passes all of our understanding. So you don't have to understand it. It's real easy to only have faith as far as you can understand. Really, faith as far as it makes sense is a good way to say it. Reason, I think Pastor Mark said it to me one time, uh, you, most people don't have faith further than what reason will allow. In other words, as long as it makes sense, I believe. Well, without faith, it's impossible to please God. You cannot please God without faith. So if you're going to please him, it's going to be by faith. And God would not make a plan for your life that didn't require you to live by faith. Right? So if you're living by faith, what's going to happen? You're going to be thankful. 
because you believe that you have received and you're going beyond what you could do yourself. And so, uh, boy, it's pretty awesome uh, when you believe God and you see him show up in your life. And you know you didn't do it. You didn't manipulate it. You didn't arrange it. But you're like, somebody arranged this. And he's pretty smart. He's got, got the best arrangements, the peace of God which passes all of your understanding. I can't figure out how it happened. I, I mean, you know that the Lord did it, but you're like still in your, your, your mental capacity. You're like trying to figure out, now how in the world did he do it? I know he did it, but how did he do it? And, uh, you know, the Lord's uh, quite a few steps ahead of you. He has gone before you. And things that sometimes we look and we think like, this is bad. This is really bad. Well, if we don't just uh, tie ourselves to that confession, but we release ourselves from what that looks like by thanking the Lord that he has a plan and a purpose and he has a way when it seems like there is no way, Lord, I thank you. You know, if you, if you uh, confess the reality while giving thanks to God, the reality doesn't get uh, rooted deep inside of you what it looks like. Do you understand what I'm saying? Lord, I thank you that even though this looks like a dead end with you, there are no dead ends. Lord, I thank you that even though my mind can't understand this, you go beyond my mind, right? So you get so excited instead of getting stuck by areas where maybe your mind hasn't been completely changed. You know, you have to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Uh, James said that, that you, you need to receive the word, the engrafted word, which is able to save your mind, will, and emotions. So you have trouble with your mind, will, and emotions. I remember Dad Hagen said one time, the greatest need of the believer is to have their mind transformed by the word of God. Why? Because all these things that Jesus did on the cross that he accomplished in his work and redemption what we have in the redemption of Christ. You could be a believer and only have been made a new creature in Christ Jesus and yet not experience all the other things that are to affect you in this life and the life to come because your mind has not been changed and your mind not changed dictates what you get and don't get. It'll limit you every time. Why? You can't see yourself with it. Maybe it's healing, but you just can't see yourself well. Why? Because your mind hasn't been changed with the word of God. You know that lady, that story Brother Hagin told? That's an amazing story. This woman, you know, he went to pray for her, uh, him and, and his little prayer group, they went to pray for her, and they prayed for her, and she was in a wheelchair. And he said, they are my witnesses, that when we prayed, the power of God lifted this woman out of the wheelchair, she's floating in the air, not only above, uh, uh, above, but out in front. But she had not changed her mind. And so she got scared and reached down and grabbed the wheelchair and pulled it up into the air. And they all fell down onto the ground. And the way she said it was, you know, uh, I'm going to go to my grave in this chair. She had faith for other things, but not for that. What? Her thinking kept her out of it. It was hers. And he said, 
I really thought, because I knew the Lord told us to go and minister her that way, so I, I believed she was going to walk out of that room. Well, she would have if she could have received it, but her own thinking affected her own believing about it, and you can't receive if you can't believe. So she had it right there. The answer, but she would not receive it. Well, what if she would have said, Lord, I thank you. Thank you for healing me. I thank you for your power showing up. I thank you that even though uh, my thoughts are I'm going to go to my chair, grave in this chair, I thank you that you are greater than my thoughts. Right? In other words, just saying that, doesn't that change your perspective a little bit? You, you put thanksgiving out of your mouth concerning the situation even when it looks not possible. But you let your thanksgiving uh, arise to the Lord. That you are like, Lord, I am thankful. If you, don't, if you can't even do it in that challenge, then just, just start with what you have. Don't focus on what you don't have. Say, Lord, thank you. I just drew a breath, and you gave me that breath. Thank you, Lord, that I can see. Thank you, Lord, that I have a heater in my car. If you don't have a heater in your car and it's cold, thank you, Lord, that I have four wheels on this thing. Why? Because your thanksgiving affects your understanding and the peace of God in your understanding. And when that becomes affected, uh, then he says, whatever's lovely, noble, worthy, praiseworthy, think on these things. So he's saying, you've got to live in an atmosphere of peace so you can receive the best God has for you. And then you've got to keep your mind fixed on what it, whatsoever is honest Whatsoever is pure, whatsoever is lovely, whatsoever is of good report, if there be any virtue, if there are any praise, think on these things. What an amazing passage of Scripture uh, that could just stop all of the um, darts of anxiety that the enemy tries to throw at each of us. What? If we set our mind on things above, not things below. Think on what is lovely, noble, pure, praiseworthy. Think on these things. Think on these things. You know, I thank you that in the election, the truth comes out. Right? I thank you that righteousness prevails. I thank you that the word of God is magnified. I thank you that the church is getting stronger and stronger and bolder and bolder and more vocal and more vocal and the lights are shining brighter and brighter. We thank you that truth is elevated, right? Instead of, I can't believe what they're doing. Isn't that so funny that we use the word, I can't believe what they're doing, but by using that word and saying that, it's our, it's our declaration of believing it. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Give thanks. It is good to give thanks. Give thanks always, the Bible says. In all things, give thanks, for this is the will of God. When you give thanks, it really frees you from all these other things that really try to trap you. Stand with me if you would.
Maybe you're, you're uh, with us this morning in the room or online and you have never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and as your Savior. Uh, uh, he's, he, like I said before, he's not a tyrant. He's not trying to hurt you. He's not trying to uh, take away, take your fun out of life. Like if I come to Jesus, if I become a believer, then uh, my fun is over. Oh no, you have never experienced fun if you have never uh, become a child of God. Uh, because you think that that is satisfying, that is so shallow of a satisfaction. If you think that's satisfaction, you've never been satisfied. That, that's how, that's uh, uh, maybe uh, uh, a crude illustration of the reality. And so Jesus loves you, and he paid the price for you. He paid the price that no matter where you find yourself at today, no matter what is going on in your life, no matter what challenges that you're facing, he paid the price that they do not, those things do not have to define you and they do not have to dominate you. And Jesus doesn't even want to dominate you. He wants to be your Lord and your master, but his yoke is easy and his burden is light. If you don't know him, I want to invite you right now to receive him. I want you to make a decision to follow Jesus for the rest of your life. I want you to make a decision to make Jesus your Lord. He, he, he won't hurt you. He'll help you. He won't hold things back from you. He'll actually open things up to you. He won't give you less opportunity. He'll give you more. You don't come into the family of God by doing enough good things and racking up enough credits in heaven that God will finally accept you. You come based on the life of Jesus Christ and based on what he did, based on uh, his death on the cross and God raising him from the dead for you and that you receive that and you understand, you know what, I need, I need God in my life. I need help. I can't do it on my own. I'm turning my life over to him. And you do that by placing your faith in Jesus. I'm going to pray a prayer in just a few uh, seconds here. And when I do, if you'd like to receive Jesus, just pray that prayer with me from your heart. It's not like a special chant. It's not like a formula. What it is is the Bible says it is believing from your heart and saying that belief out of your mouth. That makes you saved. In other words, you believe it and you're so serious about it that you declare it. So you know what? This is what I believe. This, I know him in whom I have believed. And I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I've committed to him against that day. You think it's crazy days we're living in? Commit your life to him against that day and he is able to keep you. He is able to keep you. If you'd like to receive Jesus, just pray this prayer after me. Say, oh God, I believe that Jesus Christ is your son. I believe that he died on the cross to take away my sins. And that you raised him up again on the third day. I take him now as my Lord and Savior. I'm not going to live for myself anymore. I'm going to live for Jesus every day for the rest of my life. 
thank you that I am now a part of your family. In Jesus' name, amen.